morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is the Material Podcast, episode number 242. Beautiful, even numbers all across the spectrum. I am Florence Ion, and I am joined here by my co-host, Andy Anatko. Hi, Andy. Hello, Flo. 242 is a palindrome. We're supposed to be, I, I know right. we, we, we didn't have a show on the day when we had the celestial palindrome, but still. True, 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 true. Um, I also realize that we should let our audience know that we're doing this at a different time of the day. Usually we do this when the light is out, but Andy and I are both in very dark rooms right now. Um, so we're you know, trying we just to raise the, the spirits. <laughs> oh, speaking of raising the spirits. <laughs> I've actually been looking at really witchy. Actually, this is a great way to segue into our first news bit. Okay, so <laughs> I've been looking at a lot of like witchy candles lately because I've just been feeling like super spiritual, just like trying to, you know, protect my little family, just really just trying to find anything that I can grasp onto. Can I, um, can I say that that says volumes about what a kind person you are. As soon as you mention like witchy candles, I start thinking, you know, buying like one of those like evil spell candles, it's like buying a lottery ticket. It, you know that you're not going to win, but you know that there's a non-zero chance that someone that you really, really were upset with is going to feel pain and not know where it came from. Now, see, that part I say for my therapist's office. Um, the other the, – she has told me because I, cause I had to get out of this habit of yelling at people. So it's just like, just imagine a voodoo doll that's being stabbed stabbed over and over again and I was like, "You know what? That's just as effective. I think I'll do that." And I'll tell you, I'll tell you audience, it works. Uh no, this is the uh, this is the good witchy stuff. I mean, I know that like there's 15 people out there listening to us right now totally rolling their eyes at me. Listen, you all know who I am. You followed me long enough in this world. <laughs> and just to ease all of your fears, the witchy candles I'm looking at, they smell really nice. So, we have, you know, the added benefit of like, I just bought like a lavender cal- uh, candle and it just, it smells so much nicer than, you know, this other candle that I have that apparently smells like a European man that just got out of an elevator. That's what my <laughs> husband says. He says that the candle's really triggering. Can you not light it? Because it just smells really <laughs> just like, it smells like a, like a flow family reunion. Uh, so we don't. So I banned that one to the cabinet. Anyway, I bring this up because um, I had this empty back room in my house and I finally like moved some furniture around because, you know, I've been like extremely nesting because I have this new little person coming here soon. And I finally like built out this family room. I wanted like an area where we could just kind of like sit, watch TV, spread out, whatever. And, um, I've been buying candles for the room and I put an old monitor in there right now because I am, I mean, it's not really the time for me right now to be buying like new TVs and electronics and things. I mean, I felt it was a splurge just buying RAM for my computer the other day because I was like, well, I can't buy a new computer right now. So I got to do something to kind of keep things moving along for a while. So, um, so I put the Chromecast in there. Now, this would normally be fine in any other room, but I tell you, it's it's uh, not a very convenient situation for a room that's supposed to be inhabited by just anybody. So it's like if you walk into a bedroom, a Chromecast is fine, but 
being in this room, it feels like, well, what do I have near me that can cast media to this monitor that I have? You know what I mean? So it's just, it's not, it's not like this organic, like sit down, let's watch TV experience like it is in the living room. This is such a suburban first world problem, but I digress. So somebody tweeted at us about how great the NVIDIA Shield is. And I have been, I mean, again, I can't really drop hundreds of dollars right now on anything that is not baby related. Um, especially not until I pay that hospital bill. Thanks, American Healthcare. <laughs> so <laughs> so I've been thinking like, oh my gosh, when do I get to update so that when do I get to upgrade my Android TV box so I can get that me box out of the living room and into this family room because the me box it works it does what it's supposed to do but it's just not the android tv fluid experience that i would think google would want me to have and i say this also because i went to google campus last year and i had a whole android tv demo and the way that they showed us using Android TV was this, granted it was at Google HQ, so it was very nicely polished, but like I can't really use the voice command functionality with the remote. Like it's so slow and, you know, I have constant crashing difficulties with Plex, for instance. Like when we will play an episode of Columbo, I'll stop it and then it'll keep auto-playing in the background. So the sound bar which is connected via HDMI to the Mi Box, will continue to play the audio from the Plex file, even though we are on the Android TV home screen. So it's like all these like weird things. And like lately, we've been waking up to like the soundbar. It's also a possibility this could be a problem with my soundbar, but the soundbar has been playing media like <laughs> randomly. So if we don't completely exit out of what we were doing, maybe turn off the Mi Box, then it loads or something happens. It's, it's all these weird did, little did glitches. This happen, did this start happening before or after you started buying the witchy candles? Uh, before the witchy candles. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I know. It's a fair Just question. saying. It just, you know, it was on my it's, mind. There is a witchy candle, by the way, to help uh, keep jerks off the internet. So <laughs> that is a candle that's on my wish list. But anyway. I digress. So I, I don't know. This is just something I, I wanted to bring up. I, you know, I have complained about the Mi Box on All About Android. I have complained about the Mi Box here. You have had a lot more of a positive ex- experience than I have had. Yeah, I mean, I have. Uh, so I have a, uh, the 2017 NVIDIA Shield in like the living room with the big TV and the nice speakers and everything mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing. This fellow on Twitter I know I book. I'll, 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 I'll. I have a bookmark of that tweet, so I should credit him specifically. But he's saying, "Oh, I love it! It's just wonderful!" It's like that, and I agree. I think it, uh, hands down, it is the best streaming box you can buy because of the really, really pure Google TV experience, but also that it's fast. It's so flexible. It can even you, you can. It won't just work as uh, a receiver for Plex. You can also actually set it up as a Plex server of of its own. Um, as a matter of fact, I have uh, it has a couple of USB ports, but also mine has the 512 gigs of storage. And so one of the things that I, it, my, Compared my to the four on the Mi Box, sorry, yeah. <laughs> But but it's it's cool because sometimes I will 
like I was going, I was hang, uh, going to a beach house with some friends for like three or four days and love my friends, love the beach. Sometimes I just want to stay in like the room that I decided I will pay two shares if I can have this room that has only one bed in it. And the TV and I, anyway, the, the the point being that I can just unplug this little paperback book sized device from from my stereo, take it with me, plug it into the TV, and I have like uh, uh, my full music library and a nice subset of recently recorded TV shows. And I can also like it's it's just a really really it's it's worth to me every dollar of the 150 to 200 bucks that it's cost. But I have the Mi Box in the in the bedroom. I think I bought mm-hmm. it last year, so whatever. You did. 2018, whatever the whatever. I followed you. Yep. Which it was because also because it's normally like 50 I'm looking at it right now, 58 bucks on walmart.com. I think at the time there was a deal for like 30 something dollars. Yep. And I've Honestly, I haven't had a lick of trouble with it. It doesn't uh, any problems that I've had with mm. Plex were Plex's fault and not the not the box's fault. It's not as uh, it's not as curated and cultivated an Android TV experience as the Shield is, but it's still like completely on point uh, as far as as far as that's concerned. It also uh, it has a uh, has USB C, so if I wanted to plug into right. uh, wired Ethernet. Or put external storage on it. I could do that. The only problem I had with it was, and this is, I shouldn't complain because it all worked out in the end. But um, the, the the remote was dead, uh, and I guess I, yeah. must, I must have taken my sweet time and like putting new batteries in it. Uh, but put new batteries in it and still wouldn't work. And I thought, mm-hmm. ah, dang it! Must I guess I must have broken the uh, stupid cheap thirty eight dollar mm-hmm. TV mm-hmm. remote? It must have just simply given up the ghost after being used for a couple of years. Um, and then was for the longest time, I was just using my, my phone as a, as an Android remote, Android TV remote for it. And then I, uh, doing some house clean or doing some cleaning in the bedroom, found like the remote where I must've dropped off the bed and I just never, never bothered to find it because it was just not something I was using and I'll be darned. It started working again. And it's like, I'm, I'm glad it's working, but it's like, I would much rather there be like an LED that was used to be red, but is now blue or something to say, oh, I didn't notice that before. I guess that's the reason why the LED was red, because the firmware had to like reboot itself mm. or so I, I just also feel like a goof for using that stupid phone as a remote <laughs> when see and see then, but actually that you mentioned something that's, that's really interesting. That every time there's a demo of – a Google demo particularly of uh, Android TV, they always talk about, oh, look how wonderful the, uh, the assistant works with this. Mm-hmm. And look how wonderful voice commands are with it. And I uh, I cannot, cannot get myself into the mind space where I say, computer, show me the latest un- unwatched episode of Columbo on TV called Bedroom TV. Engage. It's more like, you know, fumble for the remote. Even when you're casting like a Google Photos album, I, I tried asking it for a specific album when I had my friends over and instead I went to the phone and I cast it manually from Google Photos and that's how we did yeah. the slideshow. And I, I'm, I'm really curious to, to know if, if this could be a generational thing because 
you know, I'm definitely middle aged at this point. So I grew I grew up in the age where if you not if you had a TV, of course you had TVs in the house. They all came with remote controls, and they were all infrared controls. So none of those mm-hmm. little like huge bars of soap with just makes ching ching ching. I had a had an aunt who still had one of those TVs and was the most fascinating device ever. Anyway, uh, so I, when, I, when, I, uh, when I was educated in the ways and means of operating a TV set, it was f- fix, the, fix your gaze upon the screen with a very blank expression, let the jaw go a little bit slack, and just push – just like get – have your the, – the, the, some sort of supplemental brain in your butt – control your finger and tap buttons on a remote control it's never it never becomes one of those higher intellectual functions where i think about what i want to watch and then ask someone to please put that that. on the tv i hate that i hate it i hate it today even today i had to ask uh for breakfast i wanted to catch up on the real housewives (laughs) so i had to ask um the kitchen display the lenovo smart display that i had I know you're all like, wow, Flo, you really have. Well, anyway, whatever. It's my job. Um, and I had to ask it to put on the latest episode, but I didn't ask it the right way. I wanted to ask it the shorthand. I didn't want to say the whole damn command. And then I had to. I had to say, play this very specific series of Real Housewives, because there's like 17 of them, on this very specific app, on this very specific device in my home network. And it wasn't until I did that that I was able to like bring it up without my phone in tow. So I don't know. I think we're going to have to do some, some, I don't know, restructuring around the house with regards to entertainment because, um, because the more I talk to new parents, the more they're just like, just do whatever you can to make you comfortable. And I keep thinking, you know, the thing that's going to make me comfortable is my garbage television in the background. So, (laughs) and my witchy candles. Okay. So (laughs) what? Yes. While smelling my witchy candles, um, we do what we can folks to, to get through this life. Again, (laughs) you can't solve every single problem, but sometimes you can solve little problems. Mm -hmm. And if it Mm makes, and if it just makes you happy for 20 minutes out of the day, that was 20 minutes that you clawed back from the realm of suck. Precisely. Precisely. And that's why we endorse it here on the Material Podcast. Exactly. Um, moving on to another little bit of news, because we wanna we wanna get through some news in our in our little chat section. Um, we actually have an update. We reported a couple episodes, I can't remember, maybe two episodes ago, about the SF Pride Board, San Francisco Pride Board, uh, which they were voting on whether or not to ban Google. And, and a couple of other uh, companies from the Pride Parade just because of practices that were going on behind the scenes that kind of did not align with the message of Pride. And the SF Pride Board had actually rejected the motion to ban Google from the Pride Parade. It's okay. The statement is – we're going to actually post a statement in the notes. I'm going to post the local – uh, the local link from KQD, which is uh, the Bay Area's um, NPR affiliate. So <laughs> skimming through here. Sorry. Um, I'm going to post the link. So check that out because we're actually going to talk about it a little bit more in our second act. Yes. Something related to this. So that's kind of why I just wanted to tease that a little bit. But we'll still see Google at the Pride Parade this June. 
So it'll be interesting. But there's so much that can happen um, between now and then. I mean, there's another four months to go. So let's just kind of keep watching this from the sidelines. Um, yeah. It's going to – I feel like a lot can change between uh, like now and the summer. Uh, their statement was brief. Um, what, the, what they're responding to is that the members of SF Pride – basically voted to hey we should have the we have we vote that we should have the board decide on whether or not uh google can be, can still participate in pride along with the uh, alameda uh, county, county sheriff's office uh marching in uniform uh at, in the parade and the, the new story is that okay the board decided no we we're we have decided as a board there will not be a ban against google nor the alameda county sheriff's office right. at this year's pride celebration uh, and here's the money quote. Instead, we are saying yes to inclusivity. Like, okay. Um, Never mind the fact that the Alameda <laughs> County Sheriff's Office, they were uh, banging down at the doors at 4 a.m. Uh, against the moms who were protesting. Uh, moms for Housing. There was a coalition of activists and homeless mothers. They were protesting the increased gentrification of the East Bay by its... It's a it's a very intricate situation that happened. Um, which, it's just a lot of yeah, a lot. Could, uh, I know. I, I don't. We're, we're, is, I'm afraid to veer into this. You can't territory prevent people cause... from protesting, and it's possible that if Google, if uh, if certain well earned ill feelings continue to fester and intensify it's possible that google will not want to <laughs> to march in the parade not because people might throw eggs or something but because there's nothing preventing someone from on the beyond behind the barricades marching alongside the google the google parade uh, float or google parade presence holding signs about bad things they have done to the lgbtq uh, community inside and we will talk about that later on in the show yeah, there's it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, sp- it's... Speaking speaking of a lot, you know what else is a lot? Bye bye essential. <laughs> See, you're, I, you're, it's you're not kinda, a you're, lot for me. You're, you're asking you're asking for it when you when you name your company essential because yes, just just like there's a uh, the there is a I, I, for some reason last night I was reading about uh, a, uh, a Cirque du Soleil, the one Cirque du Soleil production that was like shutter, shuttered after less than one year and never toured. Mm-hmm. It was like a big failure called Banana Spiel. And just thinking, even just like with this name, I'm thinking, okay, I'm thinking of if I'm a theater critic, here are all the all the headlines I'm going to write when this show closes. Cirque like, du Soleil Beatles, Cirque du Soleil Banana Spiel. I, I mean, it's just... <laughs> banana Spiel. Like Cirque du Soleil slips on the Banana Spiel. The, I mean... You know, Right? Yeah, it's, it's just not. So yes, it turns out uh, the essential phone was not quite as. Uh, it turns out that the people who named the essential phone and the people who saw the essential phone had very different ideas on how essential that phone was. Yeah, and I mean, so previously, Essential had announced that they were developing a new mobile experience called Gem, which we had reported on, kind of like this bookmark-style smartphone, really fit into the aesthetic of what's happening right now with phones. They announced it via a blog post. Um, 
or rather they announced via a blog post that despite our best efforts, we've now taken Gem as far as we can and reg- regrettably have no clear path to deliver it to customers. So the essential phone itself, the PH1, will no longer be supported with any further updates or customer support. However, they did put the kernel and other code on GitHub to make it easier for any developers who want to support the essential phone. Um, now, Andy Rubin has already left essential for personal reasons as I roll my eyes here. Not coincidentally, of course, around the time that the New York Times investigation uh, came out, they reported on his being booted from Google for sexual misconduct. Let's not forget his $200 million parting gift for that. Um, I A lot of the reporting around this today has been about how, well, Essential Phone, it was kind of like written, it was written in the blueprints from the beginning about why this company was not going to make it which is fine. Like we can, we can talk about the phone and the hardware's inadequacies and how that led to where we are now here. And, you know, but let's also not forget to talk about Ruben and just kind of the culture that he, uh, that he fostered and the things that he did. I feel really bummed out for the folks who lost their jobs over this, but I also think that, um, I I hope that those of you who were not aligned with Andy's ideals uh, will be able to find new positions. I imagine you will, because Essential was doing some very essential things for phone development, but I just, after all that stuff came out, I just don't, it's like, it's for me, it's like watching a Miramax movie and like... Yeah. Oh, I wonder what Harvey Weinstein during did during this movie. Like that's kind of how where I am at now, you know. And so yeah. that's how I felt about the essential. I'm like, mm, mm. yeah, you fooled a lot of people, Andy, to come work for you, and now, mu- and now it, what? It must be really terrible to be working uh, to be in a position where you're you're working for a company that um, you took the job partly because wow, this is the this is the person who actually like crea- was was one of the founders of Android. And now yeah, they really yeah. have they have some really interesting ideas on how to take not just Android but mobile phones in general forward. And the mm-hmm. the first essential phone was a real breath of fresh air, and I was pulling for it to, to work. But but and so you put all, a lot of your industry and your creativity into this job, and then it comes out that oh, you're working for somebody who was really 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 a terrible person, and it's going to taint pretty much everything that you think about this work that you're doing. Uh, and the gem was, I really hoped that uh, in the post Andy Rubin right. version of essential that they came out with, because it was a very interesting idea. Um, particularly the idea of uh, let's make a, it, it was very much like a, like a bookmark. It was just like an inch and a half wide, like a four or five inches long. It had, Again, a bookmarks kind of uh, uh, OLED screen, so infinite scrolling. So it's so it's kind of like an Apple Watch, only if you stretch the display so that it were the same width, but like six or seven times longer. And the demos that they had in the final blog post they mentioned, they do they did post a couple of videos of what they had going, made it look like if this were. Uh, if I if I had decided that my budget for a phone were only two or three hundred dollars, let's say, and mm-hmm. this were one, I could get either a very very cheap Motorola phone or a three or four year old Samsung phone, or I could get this very very slick and different looking phone 
that is going to be fine for messaging, okay as a camera, like a very, very interesting, compelling sort of thing. And maybe maybe I could fit it inside a normal pair of, pair of uh, normal pocket or a normal little clutch purse. So it's again, I, I but I do feel feel for not only the people who are out of work, but again the people who are like, oh great, so now I'm, I've yeah again it's there's accountability. Thank God for that. There are some people, there are innocent people who are caught up in this. This does not mean in any way, shape, or form that accountability should not happen. But mm-hmm. let's, but that means that when we come up, we update the list of things that we blame Andy Rubin for and we add, we add stuff like that to it. Yep. Good job, Andy. <sighs> not, not, not me, Andy, but Andy Rubin. No, yes. Sorry. Uh, no. Last... Andy, by the way, is doing a great job, Andy. Thank One last, before we go to the commercial, one last, yeah. uh, we have to do our Gimpy Gimpy Bush update. Last week, we were podcasts uh, search result number two, four, and six. We are now, I'm happy to say, two, four, and five. So we have 60% of the top five search results for podcasts about the, the, the evil Gimpy Gimpy Bush in Australia. This is our experiment. I know we keep this going, but like this is amazing to me. Now, if only Google would fix some of its podcast algorithm. I'm just saying we We can talk about that another day. (laughs) Yeah, but we were almost close to where we can actually start monetizing this all. But Mm -hmm. for now, there's nothing but downside because we, we have this seemingly untouchable perch in the top five. And that's kind of begging other podcasts that mention really, really horribly painful uh, plants, indigenous plants in Australia to come knock us off that perch. I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like the executives who are in charge of BlackBerry, knowing that how long can we keep this caravan of success running before some young upstart comes and just knocks us right off that perch. But hey, we'll just keep, we're going to work harder. We're going to work harder than BlackBerry ever did. And now let's work hard for our sponsor. This episode of Material is brought to you by Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing your enterprise's infrastructure, Linode has the pricing, support, and scale you need to take your project to the next level. They have 11 data centers worldwide, including their newest data center in Sydney, Australia. And with their enterprise-grade hardware, S3-compatible storage option, and their next-generation network, Linode delivers the performance you expect at a surprisingly good price. Get started on Linode today with a $20 credit for listeners of this show, and you'll get access to a revamped cloud manager built on an open-source single-page app, root access to your server along with API version 4 and Python CLI, dedicated CPU plans with physical cores reserved just for you, and block storage and object storage that can scale to your storage requirements and more. Go to linode.com slash material and use promo code material2020 when creating a new Linode account, and you'll get a $20 credit towards your next project. Oh, and Linode are hiring right now. So if that's something that interests you, go to linode.com slash careers to find out more. Once again, that's linode.com slash material and the promo code material2020 for that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Well, there was an event this week. Uh, I believe anybody... Who was anybody was at the Samsung event. Uh, 
<laughs> I was not. Because I'm, I'm at I was, home. I was, I was too cool for it. I'm too pregnant. Um, <laughs> so, sorry. Unlike, unlike, unlike my excuse, yours is truthful. Uh, oh, geez, Andy. Um, okay, but let's let – there were – okay, so this was – for for the most part, this was your standard run-of-the-mill Samsung event. Uh, lots of fanfare, lots of TVs. Uh, it was held at the Palace of Fine Arts in San Francisco, which is this very beautiful venue um, where typically parents take their kids to play outdoor instruments. But when there aren't kids around, uh, tech companies can rent it out for their keynotes. So this is kind of where it was held. It's, it was a really nice week. It's been a really nice week in California, in the Bay Area. A little too nice. It's been in the 70s. Suspiciously nice, change. you might say. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Uh, and so Samsung took the opportunity to announce some new things, which is really kind of... It's it's a good time for this, just on the heels of uh, MWC being canceled and this just kind of being like the big phone fanfare. Because usually around yeah. this time of year, we get like, all oh, this new stuff is coming out. Oh, my gosh. But kind of all the new stuff that's coming out right now is just going to be pretty much out of Samsung's camp. So what we have first is the Galaxy Z Flip. Now, this goes on sale this week on Valentine's Day, February 14th. So if you have a loved one out there who considers themselves an early adopter of technology, well, for the low, low price of $1,380 U.S. dollars, you can get yourself a Galaxy Z Flip. Uh, now, uh, it's cheaper. Should, I, I, should, I yes. should point out that uh, who, uh, if, you are, if you're married, your spouse is going to immediately refer to this as, oh, so basically an entire mortgage payment. And a mortgage payment for somebody in the middle states. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Good, <laughs> so, let's you, not but... forget where I live. True. <laughs> that doesn't even get you a one-bedroom apartment here. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> sorry. So cheaper. It is cheaper than a Galaxy Fold. Uh, and it's cheaper than the, and I love the way Andy put this in our notes for God's sake, don't buy it Motorola razor. And it's not, it's not just Andy saying this. If you go and read the reviews of our colleagues, you will see that they have said the exact same thing in their reviews of that phone. So this, this will, this will constitute our entire coverage of, of the Motorola phone. But it's like even with, even with the, even with the, with the galaxy fold last year, there are people saying, "Well, it's clearly too early. Clearly, they haven't worked all the bugs out." But they, but people could at least find positive things. Admit, but it's too bad that this is such a bad first effort because otherwise, I've when it was working, I found it. There is absolutely no positivity to be found in. I mean, you know, Mister Rogers would <laughs> use that really would start talking about. Handy. I can tell that the engineers worked very hard on this. And they should be proud that they did their very, very best, which in, which is basically his version of like <laughs> raging against the machine. <laughs> the Steve Jobs, this is a piece of crap. You should be yeah. ashamed of yourself. Okay, thus endeth our coverage. Yes, the- thus ended our coverage exactly. Or, or to sum up in one word, don't. Yes. Um. Unless you really, really want to, then who are we to stop you? So the Galaxy Z Flip, it's like a flip phone. 
And, um, you know, it might be more appealing to a general audience than the Galaxy Fold was, which opened up more like a book tablet, kind of how I saw it. Um, And really, when you look at this phone... So go kind of look at the look at the influences and the folks who got hands on time with this. I've been kind of scrolling through Instagram, scrolling through Twitter, looking at what people have been posting about this. Like I'm I really want one. It's 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 appealing to this nostalgic sense of self that I have about the cell phone world that I came into, you know, because I was there before it existed. And then I came into it as an adolescent with the flippy part and the way I see people using the phones that they have in hand, the way I see it open. And it just looks like it looks like the other galaxies that we're going to talk about when it's open. Not to mention, it's also just a very aesthetically pleasing. It's built in Samsung's that, that signature aesthetic that they have going on. Um, I really feel like they might've finally figured it out with the second gen one. So, yeah, it really it's it's compelling in the way that the fold wasn't because yeah. this is uh, I, I, I you can relate to it because mm-hmm. like wow I really mm-hmm. remember how I almost bought like the the iPhone whatever plus or the large or the 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 Galaxy Note but I did I wanted the six point seven inch screen but I also want to have something really really small I can actually fit in my pocket. That's compelling. And there are people who have $1,380. Like, there are people in this sort of bracket where uh, it's not like it's not that money means nothing to them, but the difference between spending $900 and $1,400 is not the same as the difference between spending $900 and $2,000. They can still right. say, actually, it's pretty cool and I like it and I, it's, I kind of wanted a phone like this. And people who have held it and write, written about it said that. They avoided a lot of the mistakes of the fold, uh-huh. and and also the ability to say, "I say good, I said good day, sir." Yes. <laughs> and hang okay, up by, where did you get that? Andy just had a f- this is, flip this phone is, on camera. This is my QTech uh, Star Trek phone. It was went my last phone before my first iPhone. You just had it. It is a a, vi- just near you. Yes. For it is a flip phone, and the 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 ability to hang up the phone by simply snapping it closed. <laughs> you know, see, I, Jim, I, it's, Jim it's please very, leave that in. That was Andy do it. dropping the flip phone. No, no, no. You, it, you can do you can do it with one hand very easily. You just can't do it very, with one hand and aim it at a at a microphone very easily. Oh you know, like, boy! I said good day, um, sir. Please, please send me a picture of that so I can put that in the show notes because I feel like people need to see. Need a visual. I, I love this phone. I should really like put a SIM card in this and see if I can fire it up again. Because... I mean, it's it, it. The time for that would be now, considering we're we're talking about this. This is like how, I, how I'm kicking myself in the butt for not writing a book about nine hundred two one zero last year <laughs> with the reboot. But anyway, but yeah. So so you, so you go, you know what we're talking about here. Yeah, Galaxy Z Flip. In addition, so it's got a six point seven inch screen. The hinge can be configured, uh, can configure the device into something kind of like a laptop. Not that you would want to like use it that way, but I will tell you like the photos of, um, my gal pal tech reviewers with their really nice manicures, like holding the purple phone. I mean, chef's kiss. It is just like, 
it is hitting all my aesthetic neurons. I'm just like, bing, bing, bing. Like, yeah. I'm just into it. Instead of, um, instead of just open or closed, you can, it'll, it can, the hinge will let it be half opened or a little bit more than half opened. And, and it has like a little selfie feature where you can kind of like check your makeup like it were yes. like a makeup compact. <laughs> Whatever, I'm into it because everybody yeah. knows I use my front facing sometimes to make sure that the, my lipstick isn't all over the place, okay? Yep. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I love that. <laughs> That's another thing that got me really interested in this because I, I'm such a sucker for uh, – looks like we're talking about the gem phone from Essential. I'm really a sucker for any company that decides that – I know that this idea of a single flat screen, like a the, the aspect ratio of like a widescreen video, I know that's all we've been doing. I know that our latest, as an industry, our latest big innovation is to make the bezels smaller. Mm-hmm. But maybe we can actually make this more interesting and useful uh, by adding different configurations. And they had demos of it uh, running uh, uh, Google Duo video chats. Yep. Where you just have it simply, you simply have the the thing like half open, sitting like on the on the on the desk in front of you, and the part that's uh, flipped up has, of course, the the has the camera in it and has the uh, it has the video, and uh, the, the part that's flat on the table has like all the controls and all the buttons on it, and it's like oh, there goes your collection of pop sockets. <laughs> I could just see like having like the the album art flipped up and has still have like all the playback buttons and on the it's like so much that would be that is really interesting or even or even just having two different apps running at the same time but with a distinction between like mm. which is which uh, just so much stuff just hit my mind about i really don't have one thousand three hundred and eighty dollars to spend on a phone much less one that is as untested unproven and as likely to fail well, as a folding screen phone maybe, but that's maybe i, I want samsung you know, we'll I want. I definitely. Up. I definitely want to send an email to Samsung saying exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> I it's like to cut your jib, young Samsung lad. Yeah. Perhaps exactly. A, lo- a thirty-day loaner would not be out of line. Yeah. Plus, not to mention Hiroshi Lockheimer was at the event. Now he came on towards the end of the keynote, so after the Galaxy S twenties, which we'll get into uh, briefly after they were announced. Um, and I know that there's kind of like discussion about where's developer support going to come for this. I mean, last year we did learn that there is foldable phone support being built into Android. Developers are, they do have documentation about this. Um, there is a, a UI scheme that is being developed around this. So it's not something that's completely coming out of the blue, but it is like Samsung. Yeah. Precisely. It's not proprietary to Samsung, but let's also remember that Samsung does have its own interface, its own aesthetic, its own. Even though we saw a lot more Google at this particular event than we have in the past, I mean, just the fact that Hiroshi was there was like, oh, because he he had made a joke on Twitter in the days (laughs) leading up to the event about not having been invited to the (laughs) Samsung event. And like Hiroshi tweets late at night. So, and I haven't been sleeping because of this whole having a baby insomniac thing. So I've been catching these tweets. So I was like, like, okay, okay, what what are you doing and here? And, and then you read that and you're like, okay, is it just time zones or is he tweeting after bourbon o'clock in the, in it, the evening? I, it was probably time zones during knowing yeah. Hiroshi because I know he travels a lot. Uh, I know I sound like, wow, Flo, you know that. Listen, I'm on social media a lot these days, okay? That's. I'm just trying not to think about the enduring labor and delivery. Anyway, um, so 
anyway, it was great to see him there. Um, and the first glimpse, by the way, we saw of him was when the camera person panned to the audience and there's Hiroshi like waving to the camera, which I thought was very like, oh, okay. I see how, <laughs> I see how we're doing this. Anyway, um, unlike the Galaxy Fold, the, the thing that came out last year at this point, we're just going to call it the thing. The Galaxy Z Flip has a glass, not plastic display. Now, this was something, because I couldn't go to the event, I tried to host a little, like, Discord meetup, which was really fun to have, like, a couple people just talking about the stuff out loud. And the question was, like, is that glass? And I was like, nah, that's not glass. It's it's plastic. It's, it's POLED. Just, there's no way. It's glass. So, I, but again, Andy and I haven't touched it. So Samsung, you should send us one so that we can let the people know. What we is just really want to touch it. If that's so much to ask, yeah, exactly. Um, f- the folks who were at the event they reported that there is a crease, um, but I kind of, you know, Andy and I kind of feel like that that's the point of the fold though. Like how else it's like the book binder, right? Like when you have the book binding, like the crease is in there so that you can open and close the book. I mean, also, especially with a, with a Motorola, I'm starting to suspect that any solution to try to get rid of the increase, the, the the crease entirely is just going to create a more complex hinge. That's more prone to failure. Uh, that I, I, uh, having now seen mm-hmm, folding mm-hmm. Uh, folding screens in their full fold and unfold complexity, uh, yeah, you do notice that there's a little crease there, but it's not like you know a sharp crease. It's just like a little sort of a like reverse speed bump that you get over it in like ten seconds. So uh, if it me if it means that if the the crease means that you can make this thing more reliable and increases longevity, mm-hmm. let's get over it. Let's just let's let's embrace it as a symbol of pride. <laughs> And saying, oh, look, oh, look at you. Your phone doesn't have a crease in it. Well, if that's all you can afford. <laughs> We're not quite there yet. We're not quite <laughs> Although there I imagine we will be there in a couple of years. Oh, um, look, Andy has a phone with a <laughs> headphone jack. <laughs> How's that freelance journalism job working out for you? Oh, wait, don't let me. I can guess. <laughs> so... I'm sorry. Was that, was that out loud? Usually, that's just my inner, my inside monologue. It's okay. I make I make those disparaging jokes all the time. Um, so Samsung promised the hinge will be good for 200,000 fold cycles. They say this new hinge also, but they spend a lot of time on this hinge. By the way, also has brush like element to help keep dust and gray out of the mechanism and behind the screen. Definitely a throwback to the stuff that happened to the Galaxy Fold yes. last year. And when I heard that, I was like, okay, guys, way to subtly like bring up all the stuff that people talked about last year. Um, there is a pill-sized color OLED on the exterior next to the camera, and when it's closed, it can d- display the time, battery, notifications, or as I mentioned earlier, help you take selfies. And of course, we would be remiss not to discuss the specs, like what is actually running this thing. So for over $1,000, you get 8 gigs of RAM, 256 gigs of storage, no 5G, which is like whatever. Listen, yeah, at this cares? point, 5G is just 
marketing, two 12 megapixel main cameras and a 10 megapixel selfie cam. And of course that Samsung put in wireless charging because they have to at this point. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like the Motorola phone where, my God, these are really the specs of this phone. You basically took a $250 phone and increased the price by a thousand dollars by making it foldable. This would be a credible phone in and of itself. That, you know, that has a cool trick. Sorry, there is some controversy around the Motorola, which is that that test that was done to open and close it, that be- because that test was such a stress test and such a anomaly of a situation. Oh, well, they, they used a machine to just... They used a machine and it created so much heat and the, the yeah. heat is what like ended up kind of unbinding the glue or whatever was holding the screen. Like, all this stuff... Um, I don't know. At the same time, I also look at the Galaxy C Flip and I see I see a Samsung that turned itself around the same way it did after the Note 7 fiasco. Like this yeah. is a company that takes uh I don't want to say failure cuz I don't I don't think it was a failure, but that's also you know how I am kind to myself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how kind Samsung gets no, to it's- itself. So so maybe they saw last year as a failure and they were like, we got we got to make this next one like something yeah. that is just going to be outstanding. And I did not feel this way about the Galaxy Fold, the way that I feel about the Galaxy Z Flip. And I haven't even seen it in person. And I saw the Fold in person. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, we've prob- I think we've talked about this before, like the difference between how Apple works and how many, if not most other companies work where Apple is not going to even acknowledge that they're interested in making a certain product until they have it released. And to their mind, it is absolutely perfect, which is, it means that you don't, you don't wind up sticking uh, a few thousand or ten thousands of of users with a very much beta product. Sure. Uh, but, But it also means that you're really not experimenting enough and you're really not taking things to the limit uh, whereas Samsung, they because they they are a manufacturing powerhouse, they are supported partially mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. the government. That they and they manufacture everything. Their names are on everything. I have beauty products from them. Yeah, exactly. And so it's um, uh, I don't I wouldn't want to be somebody who got a little bit overexcited and spent real money on the Galaxy Fold. Uh, not knowing whether this thing would really work well or not, but the fa- but the only way to make a, a device that, again, having had no experience with it, I will only say that a room full of of tech observers, all of which were very very ready to sink their fangs <laughs> into another failure of a foldable phone, to say so many positive things about it. Again, based on most cases, so on one uh, on like one hour of playtime, but still defects of previous models were very, mm-hmm. very evident in one second of playtime. That that makes me very, very keen to see what they do next year, what they do the year after that, because the Galaxy Note was a category def- was and is a category defining phone, and if it had problems for the first couple of years, nobody remembers that. They just remember how how great their Galaxy Note Ten is, uh, and so. Again, I don't. I don't foresee ever having fourteen hundred dollars to spend on a phone. Uh, I mean, I, I, I have. Look, I have fourteen hundred dollars, and I'm going to make another fourteen hundred dollars very, very quickly. But there is a certain frugality as opposed to cheapness that says that 
what am I going to get for the extra four hundred to five hundred dollars I'm going to spend? But this, I really, really want this thing to succeed because, like I said, every I get bored when I see the same design and hardware for 10 years straight without really any innovation or, or, or forward movement. Uh, it's as if in 10 years, the industry has not learned anything about how humans interact with technology. Uh, the correct answer is that yes, they have been paying attention and things have evolved. And now they're ready to modify or even revolutionize the design of this product to better suit people in 2020, as opposed to 2010. So I'm, I'm no, I don't want to see failures. Uh, I will report on them, and sometimes I will even take a certain amount of pleasure <laughs> in in writing about them, but not act, but not the fact that they exist. So this is really, really exciting, and I'm and I'm and I'm I'm not kidding. I mean, I'm not, I am uh, I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to have to send that uh, email to like my Samsung contacts, as usual, saying, "Well, I've, I've I have no plans for it in the next two, two or three weeks, but if in the second round of like press samples." You might have one that I could use for a month. Give me, I'm going to bait them me. with a picture of my baby. <laughs> Please, so, my my swaddling babe needs needs Nutramat or whatever. By the way, one Galaxy Z Flip pays for one night in a hospital. <laughs> American healthcare. I'm just putting it all in perspective for you, folks. Okay, it's not just about tech on this podcast. Um, very quickly, we should run through the Galaxy S20 because yes. it is the next. It, this is going to be the next big fa- flagship from Samsung. This is going to be the phone that people are using and will upgrade right. to at their carriers. And this will be the other Android phone that you will see on the floor on uh, buses, alongside the on Pixels train, train stations. Yes. Exactly. So, first of all, you might be asked, so there was a Galaxy S20, S20 Plus, and S20 Ultra that were announced, and you might be wondering, why do they jump from 10 to 20? That's because they're claiming that it's a new foundational platform for the Galaxy line. Um, I imagine next year would be Galaxy S21, just to kind of... Or or perhaps the they had prototypes of the Galaxy S11 through 19, but they all exploded and caught fire. Also a possibility, you know, it's... We'll just, never know. We'll never but- know. Exactly. Um, Samsung, again, waging the war of numbers, as we know, just maxing out on specs. All phones have 5G. Now, I mentioned earlier, it's a marketing gimmick. I know some people are going to be like, Flo, it's not a marketing gimmick. 5G can really do these things for this, these industries. I agree, but you're going to hear a lot about 5G this year because your carriers are going to want you to upgrade. They want to sell yeah. you phones. They want to sell you on an infrastructure that doesn't necessarily exist. That's that's me warning you. And and it's also important to note that 5G isn't 5G everywhere. Mm-mm. That uh, even even within these three phones, some have like millimeter wave radios that are mm-hmm. useful. Some of them mm-hmm. are just the minimum hardware you can put into a phone and still call it a 5G phone. Uh, actually, I, I take that back because AT and T does not have five G. But suddenly, all kinds of phone users, including iPhone users, say, "What? What is? Why does the the status bar now say I've got five G E without having upgraded my? Well, that's marketing. The power of marketing, my son. Mm-hmm. Uh, insane in the membrane <laughs> camera specs. The telephoto lenses they have. <laughs> 64 megapixels on the S20 and S20 Plus and 48 megapixels on the Ultra. The main cameras on the S20 and S20 Plus are 12 megapixels. And on the Ultra, it goes up to 108. 108 megapixels. Yes. 
Nothing fishy uh, about that number. I I absolutely believe that that's it's going to be just as good quality as you would imagine 108 megapixel images to be. So three times optical telephoto on the S20 and S20 Plus, ten times on the Ultra. Um, so. And Andy made a note in our notes here that 10 times is, is kind of a squirrely figure. So it's strictly a four-time optical zoom. That's twice more than the one that the Pixel 4 does, right? right. And Samsung uses, quote, lossless hybrid optic, unquote, technology to kick it up to 10 times before going into the 100 times visual zoom range. Yeah. Um, the Ultras, yes, go that, ahead. That, that's why I call it squirrely because yeah. obviously we've only had this information for a day. But mm-hmm. I've spent a day trying to – I've never heard of the term lossless hybrid optic. And I know from more technical uh, explanations of what's inside there that in terms of a lens uh, ref- uh, resolving uh, an image onto an image sensor, it is a 4X optical lens. They're doing something, but they also make a distinction between the digital zoom, like what we normally think of as a digital zoom that goes up to 100 times. Uh, But they're making a distinction between the 10x zoom using the lossless hybrid optic technology combined with a 4x optical lens. So there's clearly something that uh, disassembly and testing and bribery of people (laughs) who've just been let go from the Samsung marketing department to find out exactly what they mean by this. There's, it's really true of so much of what's we've already talked about what we're going to talk about that. Okay. These are high numbers. You could, I've, I, with the help of an independent testing lab, they have certified that 108 megapixels is indeed a larger number than the 12 megapixels in most other cameras. Uh, but let's find out if it actually leads to really demonstrably better pictures. Yeah, so the Ultra is 10 times telephoto. That's achieved by bending light through a prism. The sensor is mounted sideways inside the phone, so there is some optical trickery going on in here. Uh, but for the most part, if you were watching the keynote and you saw the the demonstration of how they zoomed in on Alcatraz... It really just looks like the photos that I took with the Pixel 4 when I was zooming yeah. in on the train at the other side of the bay. So it's, you know, there's only so many things your smartphone can really do. Um, I think the other thing was, does anybody want a 40 megapixel selfie camera? <laughs> uh, the S20 and S20 Plus have a very sensible 10 megapixel. But even there, by the way, just on my personal side note, I want something with a little blur. I don't really want something that high res, okay? Because I, uh, I haven't had time to really do face masks. I've been either too tired or too into my own head. So, yeah, I, <laughs> you know. I, I find that it's it's desirable to just like sort of like smudge my thumb like, over the lens before I take a selfie because that's – I'm aware of the size of my pores. I don't want to see the things that are inside my pores, which I think a 40-megapixel selfie camera on the mm-hmm. S20 Ultra mm-hmm. would happily mm-hmm. introduce That's me between to. me and the mirror in my bathroom, the little Zoom mirror that I bought, okay? That's exactly. the only one that's allowed to look in there. And I'm just – my side note is who asked for all of this Zooming? Like I don't know where – some – I 
posted this question on Twitter. Some folks answered, I appreciate it, but I also don't really see the point as a consumer. Quite frankly, I would rather have something that helps me take better portrait shots or that lets me fit in more people into a photo or I don't know. Give me something else. Um, The the other problem is that historically, and I'm only speaking for myself here, uh, I associate a lot of positive things with Samsung. One of the negative things I associate with them is it seems as though a certain percentage of their engineering on a new phone is geared towards let's make the keynote fill with large numbers and bold claims and little things being put on the side of a bus ad, but it's not going to be a feature that either a works at all, like the face recognition that was first and first in category or things like, uh, or things that, okay, it works, but it's really not practical or useful. And after the first two weeks where you're playing with it yourself, or uh, showing it off to friends, you will never ever use this Bixby feature ever again, uh, or or fill in the blank. So it's 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 why uh, when I'm taking notes during like these keynotes, it's like interesting if actually true and or useful. We will have to get a sample in and see how exactly this works. Mm-hmm. And until then, we'll just see about it on the side of a bus ad. Yes. Um, 8K video recording. Cool. Okay. I got um, eight. Eight is a larger number than four. I apologize. I don't know how Andy. much larger, but yeah, you had made a lot of notes here, but I, I just don't know. Yeah. Uh, Samsung said that the phone can pull 33 megapixel still frames from the 8K video. Great. So maybe it will be useful as a super high burst rate still camera. Sure. Uh, but whether my answer to that is whether anybody, any, normal use normal user yes any normal non-niche user of this phone will know to do that would actually use that i mean come on it's this was just a i'm anyway ak video of course burns up a lot of storage so 600 megs of storage per minute according to samsung um Max of five minutes, which would take up three gigs of space with 24 frames per second frame rate. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I, I can't it, wait to see <laughs> sample video from like people who get like their press units because, wow, 8, 8K, you're, spo- you're, you're normally talking about a, a camera that costs thousands and thousands of dollars. And there, there's no, there's practically nothing that can display 8K video. It's Again, it's a nice thing to put in the demo. It's a nice thing to say, hey, we are first to this. But anyway. Supports micro SD cards up to a full terabyte, I guess, to help you store that stuff. The screen can run at 60 or 120 hertz, um, but no no smart switching like the iPhone or the Pixel. So you're going to have to go into the settings and choose it yourself. The price will range from $999 to $1599. Um, Now, if you are not impressed by anything that we've been talking about the complete S 10 line is still in production with a permanent $150 price cuts across the board for the S 10 E, which a lot of people loved by the way, S 10 and S 10 plus pricing from 600 to 850. Um, might be something to consider there if you're upgrading family or even yourself. And also this is just a side note from what I've been hearing, which is that the reports that there, the trade in values for galaxy S 10 are pretty, 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 pretty good. You subscribe to HBO. I'm impressed. I, I watched I watched some Larry David there you once go. in a while. <laughs> I'll give him that. 
Uh, he plays a good Bernie Sanders. What can I say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there you have it. Everything you need to know about Samsung from Andy and Flo. Yes. Should we take a break? Indeed Let's give our audience I've... a break after all that. <laughs> this episode of Material is brought to you by Health IQ. At some point in the last couple of years, you've probably created or maintained a healthy habit, whether that's getting enough sleep, working out, or just trying to eat the right foods. If you live a healthy lifestyle, you could be rewarded for your hard work with more affordable life insurance rates, and you could save up to 41%. Just take the Health IQ quiz, and then they'll walk you through the entire process of applying. The policy is underwritten by one of their top insurance partners, and there will be a real person at the end of the phone who you can talk to. The savings are exclusive to Health IQ, so you won't find them anywhere else. But you do have to qualify to get that special rate. And here's the part in the ad read where uh, I'm asked for a personal uh, recommendation describing a time when I began to take my health seriously. Uh, that's that that is very very true. Now. Uh, I certainly am not the most athletic sort of person. However, there there was a time a while ago that I decided that, yeah, I, I, I have a job where not only do I sit and type and research for a living, but I also don't necessarily have to leave my house to do it. So I'm not even getting exercise walking out to the car. So I really had to decide to I'm going to not uh, uh, not set aside time to exercise per se. But structure my life around the need to take walks and to take constitutionals and to get out and be active. So we're talking about there are times where I could certainly get my work done at home, but I'm going to walk to the library that's a mile and a half away. So that's three miles of walking in the in the course of a day. Or I'm going to uh, again, I'm going to uh, instead of doing a, a full grocery shopping uh, once a week. And coming home with like two, three, four, five bags of groceries, I'm going to walk to the grocery store that's about a mile or two away, buy one bag of groceries that I can carry in my backpack, uh, which also had the added benefit of uh, I'm not going to – so I'm not going to I'm going to do my shopping like three or four times a week, which means that, oh, well, I can buy a small amount of fresh vegetables that I intend to cook and eat tonight, as opposed to like that bundle of asparagus spears that kind of stares at you guiltily and mocking you uh, for the rest of the week <laughs> until you finally throw them away. So, yeah, for, for me, and it's uh, it's less about. Uh, an exercise regimen or a diet or something. It's more like finding ways that you can integrate stuff into your life. Uh, another thing for me is rules for, for the house where I can have uh, – I, I got rid of soda a long, long time ago, uh, sugary soda. I could absolutely don't – like I only – the only time I have a sugared soda is – uh, if I'm going out to eat, that's maybe and like a, sitting down at a restaurant. That's maybe two or three times a month. Uh, but I made the deal with myself that uh, even even like diet drinks around the house, I thought was kind of getting uh, getting uh, too much consumption. So I decided, OK, I'll, I'll make a trade that I'll trade the uh, two two liter bottles of diet soda per week for as much seltzer as I want anytime. So I can always, so I, so I buy like two, like 24 packs uh, or 12 packs, whatever, whatever of, uh, of, 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 of uh, lemon lime seltzer. Uh, and so all week long, if I want one, I just have one. So 
little it's it's again if you find yourself that uh, i'm not the sort of person that can like buy a book or take a class and say oh here is we're going to determine for you what you have to do we're going to determine for you this plan this this eat this meal plan this exercise plan it's more like i want to make a change that i can make i can that it's it's less of a thing i'm going to do to get healthier or to lose weight or to become more fit and more like okay this is a new rule for the rest of my life so that and it just works for me so I do like to bookend. I do like to mark demarcate when I'm being asked for personal recommendation in these ad reads. There's always, I think, a difference between the editorial voice and the ad read voice. So you know that anytime that's with, that's within this bookmark, uh, <laughs> it, it, it tends to be more freeform. So apologize for the unstructured, unplanned, and improvisational nature of that. Uh, so now let's get, let's get. We I now return you to your regularly scheduled ad read. To see if you qualify, go to healthiq.com slash material to take the proprietary Health IQ quiz. Depending on your score, as well as other related qualifying factors, you can save up to 41% on your life insurance premiums compared to other providers. Again, that's healthiq.com slash material to let them know we sent you and start the process with a Health IQ quiz. There's no commitment, and you'll learn even more about potential opportunities to be rewarded for your commitment to living healthy. One more time, healthiq.com slash material. Our thanks to HealthIQ for their support of material and all of Relay FM. Former Googler Rebecca Rivers was fired for her activism and her organizing efforts in Google's protests, including the petition against Google bidding to provide cloud services to U.S. Customs and Border Patrol and ICE, as well as speaking out against Google's edicts against protests during the SF Pride Parade, which is what we had brought up earlier in the beginning of the show. Um, And so former Googler Rebecca Rivers wrote this essay um, for blog. Personal blog, I think. Personal blog, yes. Okay. And, um, it, I mean, we're going to paste it in the show notes, so please do give it a read when you get a chance. Yeah, it's definitely worth – we're going to ex- excerpt it because so much of what she wrote was so powerful, but it mm-hmm. definitely merits reading uh, in its entirety. It's a, it's a personal essay, and, yeah. and her answer to the question that she posits in the headline is no. She notes that though Google had many policies that are trans-friendly and in, in which, you know, we have heard about. They have trans-friendly healthcare, systems for changing one's name, trans-friendly lockers and bathrooms. Uh, Rebecca writes, they were fought for tooth and nail by trans Google employees over the past several years. There have been dozens, but however, there's the caveat that there have been dozens of dead naming bugs internally at Google that were only fixed because a trans employee or ally went out of their way. For those who don't know what dead naming is, dead naming is when you're referred to to by your birth name given to you by your parents that you don't necessarily identify with. I believe I yes. described that correctly. Um, and when you dead name somebody, that is a huge slap in the face because yeah. you're basically telling them, I do not honor any of what you're going through. I'm going to refer to you, you know, um, it's, it's rude. Never do that, please. Yeah. Um, So she says that there's plenty of support for trans Googlers among the rank and file. However, that same effort hasn't been made by Google C-Suite. They're senior VPs and VPs. For quite some time now, Google's uh, senior, (laughs) Google's CSVs, 
I'm sorry, I don't know all these acronyms, have taken efforts to get us to shut up about the rights and safety of the LGBTQ plus community. Instead of engaging with the Google employees who want to make Google a safer environment internally and externally, Google's CSVs have shut down discussion about these topics and attempted to placate us with listening sessions that yield no actual real change. The actual part was my editorializing. After seeing how Google treated other activists, Rebecca outed herself six or more months before she had planned to, so before she was maybe emotionally, psychologically ready to do so. Um, outing is a huge deal for yeah. for a queer person. Um, it, it's think about it as you're coming to term. You know, you're you're coming to a truth about yourself and. It's, you know, it's a very difficult not, thing. Not only that, but it's a serious safety issue. That Precisely. Because you start off with the simple worry that friends and family will will just ghost you because they don't approve or they don't understand. Well, your boss, All, you all the way know? to you'll be a victim of violence. You'll be outed mm-hmm. for – it's it's a really – It's not – yeah. It's, it's for, for so many reasons, it's very, very important that people can have full control of that process. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Andy, for taking that over. I do I do sometimes stumble when I talk about this stuff because I want to say the right thing. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I have – but my instinct is to talk more <laughs> than to let my brain take over. I'm still working on that in terms of podcasting. Um, so Rebecca ended up outing herself six or more months before she had planned to out of fear that Google would basically out her in retaliation for activism. Um, can you, like, imagine that's – Oh no, my employer is going to out me. Like yeah. that sucks. That doesn't make you feel uh it doesn't make you feel supported or protected or anything like that. Like that it doesn't make work a safe place for you. Um she writes, and for those of you who think that these fears are unfounded, Google actually did out me to my apartment complex after they fired me. I did everything I could to make sure Google's information was was up to date. I even verified my name and mailing address with HR during the phone call in which I was fired and in a follow-up email. But once I was fired, they mailed me my final paycheck in a FedEx package addressed to my dead name. I don't use my dead name for packages, so it was given to the main office meaning I had to out myself to my apartment complex to get the package. I can't imagine how devastating that would have been if I had been outed while I was still in the closet. This is the sort of thing we're talking about. Imagine if, uh, imagine if that apartment manager were transphobic and suddenly found, Oh, we suddenly find that because you were a day late with your rent, uh, two years into uh, your, your lease five years ago, we are, you have 30 days to get out. It's just mm-hmm. this is or or your neighbor is just like right. a raging homophobe and sees this FedEx package on your doormat and is like, what? And then starts, you know, it's yeah, it's, it's not bad. it. Absolutely. It's, it's not it's not a clerical error, even though it can be uh, a bureaucratic error. It is not it is no longer a forgivable bureaucratic or clerical error, assuming that it was simple carelessness and she shouldn't necessarily assume that it was a simple error, but it's not mm-hmm. the sort of mistake that you are allowed to make if you have respect mm-hmm. for a trans person. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google has retaliated. So uh, Rebecca writes, Google has retaliated against Meredith Whittaker, who we've talked about on this podcast, Claire Stapleton, who we've talked about on this podcast, Chelsea Glasson, and many, many others. Now myself and the other individuals fired at the end of last 
last year have been added to the list. Three of the five people fired were trans. Four of the five people fired were LGBTQ+. Food for thought is why we're including it in our rundown for the episode this week. Um, We always want to bring this to your attention because this is part of the ecosystem of the of the things that we use, the devices that we use, the company that we bring into our lives. And it's just kind of important to, uh, to give visibility to the folks who are working on the things that we are using in our homes. Um, and you know, hold, hold the executives accountable for what's going on. Absolutely. Ms. Rivers spoke out and did very, very important things at great risk to herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, she lost her job and she was essentially outed by her company, exposing her to uh, potential violence and just terrible, terrible things. I feel as I'm only speaking for myself. I feel as though it's the very least we can do to amplify, uh, to, get, to increase the volume of the megaphone that she is using. Uh, we take absolutely no risk in doing this. And therefore we have absolutely no excuse for, uh, for talking about this. And uh, again, to make, to, just to make sure we're being very clear here, if we were an Amazon based podcast, we'd be talking about these issues at Amazon. If we were an Apple based podcast or a Facebook based podcast, we are a Google podcast. And so we will talk about these things when they come to light regarding Google. And also, and finally that it is you know, acknowledged that it is possible to have more than one opinion uh, about the same entity, that there are many things that I, I I absolutely admire Google for, that I think Google is doing uh, many things for which I think that Google is a very, very positive force uh, in human society. There are many things that I think that they are ignorant of their responsibility and some areas in which they're being actively putting profits and uh, uh, internal stability against basic human dignity and human respect. And I'm capable of having all those opinions at once and without feeling as though I'm being hypocritical or self-contradictory. Uh, so we also just want to update you on another little persona, personnel, excuse me, pers- personnel change that's happening at Google. So this also came out. It's just lovely how this stuff happens when there's like a big keynote. Just kind of take <laughs> all the fanfare. So Google's head of human resources is stepping down amidst tension among employees things that we've been talking about on this podcast in addition to all the devices that run our household. Um, So VP of HR Eileen Naughton has been with Google for 14 years. Uh, She's spent the last four as head of human resources. So Google says she'll take another role at the company, but hasn't specified what it'll be or when this will happen. And Naughton did make a statement to recode though. Uh, She said, my husband and I have decided after six years on the road, first in London and now San Francisco, to return home to New York to be closer to our family. I'm at the very beginning of the process and wanted to let everyone know up front, as I'll be working with Sundar and Ruth to find a great leader for the people operations team. Uh, Not a lot of information as to why this move is being made, but I have a feeling we're going to continue to see a lot of restructuring happening at Google this next year, precisely because of the things that we have been talking about on this podcast. I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast or if I mentioned this privately to Andy, 
so I'll say it again. I'll say it here out loud, which is in, and this is in reference to Larry and Sergey having stepped out for the most part and Sundar stepping in is that, um, Google has a lot of identity to kind of has a lot of identity needs to reformat here, especially with the news that has come out about how they almost hired what's her face who was super anti-trans. And that's by the way, mentioned um, in Rebecca Rivers essay, Uh, you know, we're talking about, they had a a board of uh, ethics for uh, uh, AI operations. And we have a, we had a very, they, they named to that board a very, very, strongly anti-trans personality mm-hmm. and when the when googlers protested rather than removing this one individual they decided that this was not the right time to have a ethics board at all which also uh rebecca singled that out as being sort of endemic emblematic of how google approaches things that we can either we can either solve this problem of anti-trans bias or we can just do without that enti- entire thing entirely, and why not just remove this one person? That the 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 implication being that uh, the prop the, the implication being that I'm, okay, I'm, I'm going to rephrase that in saying, to my eye, one way of one possible interpretation of that could be that Google's attitude isn't that uh, if the trans community within Google has a complaint that that complaint should be listened to, given full debate and then acted upon that uh, instead the problem is that this board has become controversial. Let's not discuss why it was controversial and therefore is uh, going to create more problems for us than it will cause solutions for us. And there it has to go. Simply my own interpretation. I didn't want to put words in anybody else's mouth or assume or imply that I have knowledge that I do not have. Mm-hmm. We and, and we don't have any again, this is all conjecture on my part on why all these moves are being made. I just think it's interesting. We got to report on it because this is what's happening internally. Um, keep watching. Just keep watching what's going on at Google. We'll keep telling you about anything important that comes up in terms of former employees, anything like that. I think it's going to be an interesting year of restructuring for Google internally. Um, I, again, we had talked about that we are happy to see Sundar in the position that he's in because we think that for the product line, it's going to be great. Now I want to see what is going to happen to the personnel line. I want to see if we can make if we can make some strides there, some positive strides, because again, I want to see Google set a precedent for the Silicon Valley. Um, we're yeah. still going to be, ta- you know, people are still going to talk about their privacy concerns and AI, you know, just, and all the things that we are concerned about with regards to tech. But let's focus on this, really focus on what's happening internally, because I think that that would actually end up trickling out to some of those other concerns that yeah. people have. It's it's going to be interesting to follow because uh, I don't know what their response overall is going to be to all of this. I'm not assuming that's going to be good, not assuming it's going to be all bad. Uh, I'm just very, very aware that if you find uh, that someone has written racist graffiti on a wall uh, and you know it was one of your employees, there are two solutions to that problem, one of which is to find out why there is racism on your campus and eradicate it. The other is to 
ban spray cans and permanent markers from uh, from campus. Uh, so are you asking you're asking yourself, is this a sign that there is a cancer within our community that we absolutely want to remove? Or do we just simply want to make sure that this happens, that this does not become a visible problem that we will have to address uh, continually uh, for the rest of our lives? So don't know which one it's going to be. I hope it's, I hope it's the right choice. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of switching gears, almost completely though. Again, we we completely. like to we, we like to end with a with with dessert. Something something will cleanse the palate, especially if the news has been a little bit uh, unfortunate. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I posted this in my Discord and I giggled. So <laughs> I totally giggled, and I don't even care. I'm 12 years old. Okay. <laughs> Google filed a trademark. You're about to a tra- become a mother, for heaven's sake. Which means that I have to get back to laughing about these silly things because this kid is going to giggle over every mention of the word poop. Yes. I mean, right? (laughs) Come on now. Uh, So Google filed a trademark application for a new OS called Pigweed. Now, you might be wondering where the terminology pigweed comes from. We're going to go ahead and tell you before we get into what we're talking about. So pigweed... Thank you, Andy, for doing this this research. Oh, was selected was as as the weed of the month for August of 2017 in the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens now, Garden now, News blog. Now, to all the weeds that pigweed beat out, that doesn't mean you are a lesser weed. Okay, mm-hmm. you are all outstanding enough to be at least considered on that short list uh, short list uh, from the Brooklyn Botanical Garden. Hey, maybe right. you will be weed of the month yourself someday. Just keep. By the it. way. Brooklyn Botanical Garden, wonderful thing to do in the spring. So please get yourselves there if you are uh, in the area. So it was hailed as the food crop of the future. I laughed at it because I am from California and weed is legal here. And of course I laughed about it because I was like, (laughs) is it a strain? Did they name it after a strain because it's Google and Mountain View and they're all high when they did it? No, uh, I, see, I'm, okay. I'm not. I'm not going to lord it all over you, like mature, <laughs> in maturity. As I, 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 in the in the Slack, I was talking to. We were both watching. Happened to be watching Columbo the same night, and I had to mention to her that I was watching the episode in which Columbo is taking a cruise, <laughs> taking a cruise with her wife when a the sing the lounge singer gets murdered, and the name of the actress, her first name is a French name, Poupée, and so for the first half hour. I'm I a grown man who has who has not been a ten year old boy in many decades. Was like, oh no, we must find Poopy. Poopy was supposed to be on the bandstand. Don't tell me we've lost. Um, <laughs> Wait a I, minute. <laughs> make sure make sure you make sure you 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 use the 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 the, crew, the special crew only staircase. We don't want the passengers to see us dragging Poopy all through the ship. So yes, there's. Okay, and then I told my husband this whole interaction. I'm sorry, I told him last night, and he was like, "Stop it! I don't want to hear it. Stop, stop, <laughs> both of you." So anyway, this okay, is how Andy and I slack each other. We told you we would leave you with dessert. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so the plant—it's an unmarkable-looking plant with dark green pointed leaves. Oppositely arranged along a tall stem and inconspicuous green flower clusters. Its de- designation as a weed lies in the fact that each plant can produce upwards of 100,000 seeds, ensuring many ger- generations per season, which is probably why it was referred to as a food crop. Um, 
its green leaves can actually be stewed, sauteed, tossed into a stir fry, added to an omelet. There's no wrong way to cook a pigweed. How does they, they this were apply really to excited about this weed? I I gotta say, yeah. as a hype man, the botanical gardens is you you want them introducing you at the and at we're the putting this link in the notes so you can go and you can read the garden <laughs> news blog and you can see what this pigweed is. Um, oh, it is pretty. Oh, it's colorful and it grows in the middle of New York City. So a how what is how does Brooklyn. this apply? <laughs> How does this apply to Google? Okay, so they filed a trademark application that says Pigweed, the OS, will cover computer operating software. Oh, 9to5Google uh, is the one that kind of uh, broke or rather found out what Pigweed yeah, was. It was, it, was a, it was a user on Reddit whose uh, job and or hobby is to keep track of what tech industries are trademarking, which is often a very interesting and fruitful avenue to uh, to, to research. No, absolutely. Much more fruitful than my looking at keyboards all day. Um, so they couldn't turn up any info, but 9to5Google did note that a proposed code change in the Fuchsia OS made a reference to pigweed before quickly being removed and replaced with a reference to Fuchsia. Could have been a typo, but that is one heck of a typo to make, okay? Uh, they also note that there's a pigweed instance in Google's monorail bug tracker. And, of course, because pigweed is known as a weed, uh, when the plant dries up, it can become a tumbleweed. You try to look for some synchronization between what things are named and how they might be applied in the world. I mean, Google does have a habit of naming versions of Android. Oh, no, excuse me. Naming its phones after fish. Which doesn't really. <sighs> anyway, this is me in real time trying to figure out something here. It's just well, it's, not happening. Yeah, you, I, I hadn't thought of that before, but uh, before uh, before Android ten, uh, the names of each version of, of Android was a some sort of a tasty dessert. So maybe mm -hmm. they're kind of priming the pump for expectations for how bad and painful and un undesirable this new operating system is going to be, that every one of them is going to be named after a really obscure, super, super hippie, crunchy, healthy plant. Or it's just the idea that this is an operating system that you can put on everything. Because it's the food crop of the future, so it would be the operating system of the future, and it could be sautéed, it could be stewed, it could be tossed into an omelet. More I mean... More protein than rice? Uh, flax seeds. Although some people would argue, why aren't you naming it after bugs? Because apparently bugs are the food of the future. <laughs> By the way, people allergic to shellfish can't eat grasshopper. So don't try. It'll make you itch. Uh -oh. Yeah. Happened to my husband. He's allergic to shellfish. He tried to eat cricket chips and well, he had an allergic reaction. It wasn't good. <laughs> I knew there was a reason why he wasn't eating crickets. <laughs> Oh. I, th I thought it was because I just have never been quite that hungry, but it turns out that it's also because I'm I'm afraid of uh, I, I have no allergies that I know of. But it would. I was going to say, it, I it, hope it, you're it, not it, allergic to shellfish where you live. Like, okay, true. That would be that would <laughs> that would make itself frustratingly clear very very quickly in New England. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, well, that's that's all we got for news for you. <laughs> That's yeah, how, see, I, 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 I felt kind of bad that I thought I thought it was interesting that there was a new operating system. I thought it was cool. The name was Pigweed, but I felt as though we didn't have enough information, so I had to provide uh, as much additional information. No, as No, that I was could. great. It was on the on the plus side. Now, now that we have like cornered the Gimpy Gimpy uh, podcast market, 
we can we it's possible that with this we have pivoted back into tech journalism that anybody who wants to know about the next Google operating system called Pigweed, of which almost nothing is known, we have just not only spoken for about 10 minutes about it, but 10 minutes of actual content about Pigweed. So it's possible. Actually, maybe we should get the the Pigweed podcast domain name. and the. I'm looking at it right now. Um, Oh, there was an NPR episode about the Pigweed killer. Now, a a pesticide that kills pigweed or a murderer who leaves pigweed stuffed in the mouths of his victims. Okay. A pesticide, a pigweed, and a farmer's murderer. (laughs) God bless America. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. One farmer's improper use of an herbicide damaged another field and led to a shooting. Oh, this is bad. Oh, this is bad, but this is the kind of journalism that I want to hear. No, no, see, if anything, it underscores this research. You can see the passion that the pigweed raises in people. Either the blogger at the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens unsinging his or her soul about its praises to other deadly sins. Other commandments need to be broken. Such such is the blood that it boils inside (laughs) someone's veins. So, by the way, there was also a reveal investigation about American soybean farmers calling pigweed Satan's weed because it just takes over the crops and it's resistant to herbicide. <laughs> Again, I w- I just really want to know what uh, – listen, if I get a chance to go to Google I.O. this year, I'm going to ask developers, can you guys just tell me, pigweed, please – what is the meaning behind it? Okay. You don't even have to tell me if something is happening. I just want to know the meaning behind some of these names. Like, do you just cut, like, does somebody think really hard about it? Or really is it the name of a, of a California type of weed? Because then. <laughs> See, actually, you, you, if you're, you have an opportunity that I don't have, since I'm certainly not going to Google IO this year, to print up what looks like a, like, internal. Uh, pro, internal project team like milestone T-shirt, and just say, <laughs> yeah. you know, fourth fourth quarterly GSM uh, checkout test, uh, pigweed team, and then like some sort of like cartoon character you made up, and just have people like point at it and ask questions. And then you say either you know what this is about or you shouldn't know what this is about. Either way, I don't need to answer you. Well, now I need to find an artist to commission me a nice, cute little portrait of pigweed. Uh, you know, that was a great – that's a great way to end this episode, that I was, think. That was, that was a lovely uh, peanut butter hot fudge sundae at the end of mm-hmm. a large, wonderful steak dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hopefully – Hopefully the peanut butter made it down your gullet. <laughs> hopefully hopefully you weren't allergic. Yeah, and then we would feel really bad about that. Um, we, uh, What's going on with us, Andy? What is going on? Uh, well, um, Andy, what's going on with you? Do you have anything coming up? I'm going to, well, I'm, I'm taking off tomorrow for New York City where I'm you. seeing a triple header of, of, uh, of operas at the Met. Because wow. I bought uh, I bought one I bought a ticket to Agrippina uh, with mm-hmm. Joyce Dinodato months mm-hmm. ago because it was my one ticket a year that I buy like decent seats well in advance mm-hmm, and plan mm-hmm. a trip as opposed to oh I happen to be in the city and I'll see if I can buy a cheap ticket someplace and then I got an email from the Met 
saying, hey, well, we're offering like a special subscription package for our two Mozart operas. You can buy like the best tickets I have ever had at the Met uh, for these two Mozart operas for uh, like $100 for for like both operas. And as it happens, the one of them is one of them is being performed Friday night, and the other one is being performed as a matinee, debuting in a matinee on Saturday. And so, definitely a triple, definitely the the hat trick. And because I'm stupid, <laughs> I'm I'm also going to try to see if I can get like twenty five dollar day of show orchestra rush seats for Porgy and Bess uh, that's being performed at 8 p.m. You're not stupid. You love opera. That's great. And you're going to the place where you can actually like opera hop. Exactly. (laughs) And it's, see, my, my, uh, the way that I sometimes uh, justify this is that like you've just fallen off the rowboat fully clothed and you're soaking wet. You're, you cannot get any more wet than you are right now. Any embarrassment, any problems created by being completely soaking wet, you are not going to compound them by getting wetter because you can't. So after, after like saying, I can't believe this, this is kind of ridiculous, I'm seeing three operas on three nights, seeing a fourth opera on three, in, the, in three days, and it will, it will not make me any sillier. So, and if I score exactly. $25 seats to what is actually a pretty hot ticket. That would be a very positive thing. Also, I'll buy a ticket for my friend who was also in, in the city who's also an opera lover. That's lovely. I hope you have a lovely weekend doing that. that I hope really so, nice. too. I think I will, too. Uh, I'm going to be taking baby classes. Um, you know, finishing finishing touches here and there. Uh, and hopefully I will see the Sonic the Hedgehog movie this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I wanted to do. I just said, you know what? I just want to go see Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik. Yes, he, he was so, on Conan the other night with a clip, and he actually he looked it looked pretty good. I I heard he made he's been making people laugh. So <laughs> and you know ever since he left Jenny McCarthy, he's not on my nerves anymore. So <laughs> we're we're on better terms now. I think that's it for Andy and I for this week. I think so. Um, I hope everybody has a lovely Valentine's Day. And if you end up buying a Galaxy Z Flip for your today for another, <laughs> please tweet us at Material Podcast. Yes. Um, and if you are one of those people who is an early adopter, don't forget that you can be an early member. <laughs> you can be a sustaining member of the Material Podcast at relay.fm slash material. Check us out. We have bonus episodes. You get perks for being a Relay FM member. Um, again, we love our podcast network because they they give us this slot every week to be silly and also talk about things that we love. And yes. I mean, could anybody be any luckier than the two of us, Andy, really? The, the, the fact that we've made it to episode number 242 – with this being a this episode's content being fairly typical for the series, says mm-hmm. a lot about the integrity and the adventure spirit of the entire <laughs> Relay.fm team. So we thank you, we thank you, our overlords, <laughs> our broadcasting partners, the people without whom this would not be possible, or at least not under the mighty Relay.fm banner, mm-hmm. of which we are and very thank proud. Thank you, Jim, and thank you, Jim, for editing us. Thank you, every Jim, week. Our, our editor for editing. So imagine, imagine how even less bearable some parts of this would be if not for the fact that jim says they would want me to do that i think yeah yep and we're like (laughs) you were right on the money about that one jim um and okay until next week if i don't have a baby you'll see me next week 